we are interviewing Alexander Neath. Yay! I mean, you see, in this, in this situation where um, the immediate future is so uncertain, it gives me actually great comfort to plan for the future future. Yes. Because I think one thing, one thing I believe in like 150% is we're going to be back. Yeah. So I think we need to be ready for that. And, um, you know, sometimes you maybe feel that, that this whole, um, especially for the very big companies, the market has become a bit overheated. I think we don't need to plan our season six years out. A healthy cycle would be three years, I think, and when not everybody is there quite yet. So I, I hope that some of, of what will come out of this is that the business is going to relax a little. And change. It has to change. Yeah. Well, that was one of my questions, too. I was just beginning my career in 2008 when the financial you know, disaster happened. And some opera companies haven't still had enough time to get, to get what they needed underneath them financially. Yeah. They're still hurting. So. They're still chasing their tails. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's not going to make anything easier. I mean, that's for sure. I think what 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 we've seen, though, and I think there's a difference to the financial crisis, is that people understand this crisis way more as an existential crisis. So the the, the mobilization of support, in my experience, has been quite different too. Oh, okay. And and there's a feeling of solidarity that that wasn't there in the 2008-9 financial crisis. Oh, I love yeah, that. Yeah, everyone was. They were really fending for them. I have a question, Carrie and I, about right now all this live streaming things. And you don't have to answer this if you don't want to. This is a whopper. Okay. This is a whopper. Now this is the whopper. For instance, Metropolitan Opera opening up their library to the public with all of these, which is lovely. And I think it's so great. I think it's a great thing. The Opera House is in financial ruins right now. And they are opening up their vaults for free of performances that us, Carrie and I as artists, have performed and not making any money on this. Or raising any money. Or raising money for artist relief funds. I mean, artists that are, are struggling because, as you know, we're freelance. So if we don't sing, we don't get paid, just like all the other people out there in the world that are not getting paid because they're not at their work. Do you think that there is another way they could have gone around it? Are they devaluing us as artists? And you don't have to answer. <laughs> I see my 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 issue with it is is a slightly different one. I think mm -hmm. we need to make it very clear what the real experience is, and I think the real experience is happening in the house and it's happening live. Yes. And everything else, um, I mean, not in principle against you know streaming or any other form of of, of exploiting it, but it can only be a way to get people into the theater when that when that will be possible again um but but even in general um because it's a different experience in well, you in, don't do in, it. in any in any way yeah. well yeah and we we don't we we don't do it um that's mostly due to some union challenges that we have and financial challenges that that would be caused by that um but yeah, it's a it's it's a it's a tricky it's a tricky question because right now, the, the, when you think about the future, yeah, um, the open-ended question is um, how do we stay in touch with our audience, right? right? We as companies and you as performers, mm -hmm. right? Um, and what can we do now so that people don't forget about us? 
right or they move on to other entertainment right, right. Um, and is this a helpful tool to make them come back to the theater when once that's possible again and and what are they going to do when this is all over are they just going to cut it off now and just open the vaults and then here, here take everything without any money given to us as artists or artists that need help and then are they just going to cut it off and say i'm sorry now that you all that is was free but now you have to spend hundreds of dollars on a ticket it i don't know it's, it's frustrating to me as an artist yeah. because well, it, i know only, how hard yeah it only works if you make the difference very clear yeah yeah right um yeah. and i think there's also something about a curated selection Yes. You know, the way Paris is doing it right now, I think there's like right. one opera per week. Right. Yes. Because I think one of the one of the issues that we have with our audience is um, we probably all grew up with like I grew up with three programs on TV. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. PBS. Um, yeah, all of them. yeah. And if you like the news were at eight o'clock in the evening. Right. Yeah. If you wanted to see the news, you needed to be there at eight o'clock in the evening. Right. It's a little bit like going to the theater. It starts at seven thirty. Right. You need to be there. However, okay. that's almost an exception today. Like because people can have anything they want at all hours, any at any given time. Yes. So right. for for us to, you know, I think it's a there's been a big power transfer. I think over the last ten years or so between the audience and the companies, because like all we try to do or have to do for our business to work is that we have to set rules for our audience. Yeah. And right? Yeah, and train them. And yeah, teach or, them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, or a protocol. Let's not call it rules. Let's call it the protocol, right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, we, I always wonder about these. There's always latecomers, right? And there's latecomers who handle latecoming graciously, and there's latecomers who think the moment they arrive at the theater, they need to be admitted to their seat. Yeah. <laughs> um, completely not recognizing that by going to your seat in the middle of a performance, yeah. Hello, I it's, see it's, you. It's, well, you see them, but it's also it's, it's disrupting hundreds of I audience know. members, right? I know. Um, so I always, but I think it's coming from this. Um, I can have everything I want at any given time. Yes. Um, so I think when we when we do this, you know, let's say it's a poor substitute, but it's still better than not putting any performances out. I think it's really oh, helpful to put it on a schedule, um, and and have people kind of keep them in that in that routine or protocol of. Right. Uprise on at this time, or it's not yeah. like everything available at all times. It's like if you want to see, I don't know what's on in Paris this week. It's Barbara Seville. So this week is Barbara Seville. Well, right? Making an week, event. Yeah. Last week was Swan Lake. The week before it was um, Don Giovanni. Um, so yeah, I, I make think, an event, plan on it. Yeah. yeah. I agree with that. Instead of just going whole hog and giving mm -hmm. people, you know, like this whole Thanksgiving feast right at their hands and uh, but you, I, mm, because I think you end up not watching anything. I mean, I have this thing right. once in a while. You want to? I don't really watch a lot on, on Netflix. But once in a while, you want to watch a movie on Netflix. What you end up doing is like not being able to decide what you want to watch, and an hour later you give up. <laughs> I was just <laughs> right? going to say that um, it's yeah. overwhelming, isn't it? It, it? We're being inundated with all this, this, this body, this library. Yeah. I no, I love that idea. I. What do you think about at least for right now? with so many artists or people that work in theaters uh, that are hurting financially. Um, I think it's a good idea to say, hey, let's charge, I don't know, even if it's as simple as a dollar. A donation, a dollar, yeah. A donation or whatever. I mean, I feel like there should be something on the screen to raise money for the artist relief fund. Or, I mean, they're doing that with Broadway. You can actually, I think it, I, I want to say it was like $10 
you could pay and they open up the vaults to Broadway performances. And um, I thought I that this was great. And all of that proceeds go for artist relief for the kids yeah. that were canceled and things like that. Um, I love that idea and I wish that that had something had been done, at least within the opera world, for that. But yeah. well, I, th I think it's true that most companies try to support their performers, um, even though they're not legally obligated to do so. Absolutely. Right? Um, within, within the limits of the possible, I think that's important. I think it's also important when you, for example, right now, ask your audience to donate back the value of their tickets. Yes. Yes. Um, I think you have to have an you have to have an answer. I mean that that's what I what I told my people here is what I do, what I told my board here is like we, um, you know, there's legal obligations that we have, but there's also moral obligations that we have, and we kind of need to kind of find a way um, between those two two poles that you know we don't go bankrupt, but that we also yeah. just don't do the legal minimum of what we have to do. Right. Um, and so we're navigating between those two poles. Yeah. currently but I, I think it's 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 for me it's 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 tricky to ask my audience for donations when at the same time i can't answer the question how do we support our people and you yeah. know of course like for us at coc like we have very different relationships with different groups of people that we work with they're not all in the same mm -hmm. they're, not, they're all in the same employment situation so it's very hard to do like one-on-one -on, one -on -one comparisons mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. i think there's there's one thing that's really important to me is that we that we try to support the people at that very low end yes yeah. I agree with that. right yeah. like i'm like a percentage cut is not really a for me the right thing to do for example okay. no right no. because you, you just punish the people on the low end much more than the people on the high end no. in, in many ways right. um but that you really look at those situations more individually and think how how can we be as i mean you nobody will ever find everything fair that you do but at least let's close, try right as close as possible to fair that's amazing yeah. Okay. Oh, thank you. Thank you for being honest with that question, because yeah. I know it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a bit of a tricky, we all need that right now. It's a bit of a tricky one, you know, and now I think our job is not only to be singers, but also to lift people up and to give them hope and, and happiness through our music. But there, but I see so many, and Carrie and I, we've talked about this, so many of our singer friends calling up crying, saying, I just had another job that was canceled and you know your heart breaks for them and i think what what can we do as as artists with singers being canceled through summer through almost a fall now and now everybody's kind of holding their breath about fall but i mean that's a substantial amount of money for singers i mean that's more i guess the percentage of that it's their whole year really and yeah. um to watch that go up in flames and not knowing where the next paychecks going to come from is always yeah. a little that's why i asked about what what is the way for us to help that to help not, and not just the performers but it's the orchestra members it's the crew yeah it's top to bottom i yeah. mean you, you as well i'm sure you and your family i'm sure are struggling too because you know you're not in there and I'm sure the morale is really, really difficult everywhere. So, well, it's a terrible situation when you can't do what you're there to do, yeah. right? And 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 the, the the biggest challenge is not it's not happening to one company or one country. No, it's no. everything. No, you're right? right. It's like everywhere. Like we're nobody. All the same, we're all in the same boat. So that leads us to one of our last questions, which is about social media. Yeah. Right, yeah, I'm really curious about that. I'm People are interested in everything. Yeah, it's true. It's true. 
But in the last several years, we've been taught that to promote, to promote our career, to help the opera companies with uh, promotion, that we need social media savvy and everywhere. And then all of a sudden that has stopped. We're not on a show. I'm, I don't have anything to promo. I mean, unless you want to see what I do every day on my couch. <laughs> Well, I think there's actually a, um, you know, maybe talk about new audiences and maybe taking away some of the fear that people might have That's a great um, idea. About, about opera, that humanizing the art form or the, the experience through getting to know some of you a little bit more personally without, you know, giving away all um, okay. everything. Our dirty secrets. Um, but but I, I think there's a, there's a chance, you know, I think people are, afraid of opera because they think they won't be able to understand it, right? Or they don't know what the, again, the protocol is when they come to the opera house. They always think there's all these other people who've been coming and they don't know, they know what to do and I don't know what to do. Okay. Um, and I think that the big challenge for us is not retaining new audiences, it's getting them into the building for the first time. Yes. Um, and because what we see is that the retention rates are actually amazing. Because we, I mean, yeah. that comes back to, to mostly you guys, what you do on stage. You can give people the bug. You can, give, even for, I mean, that's my first opera I ever saw. It, um, it, it created an addiction that I can't get rid of anymore, right? Um, and <laughs> yeah. that is, but that is, that is what, and I think that's the, the power of opera is like, it can be so powerful that you can do that to someone who's new to it with one single performance and people will always want to come back looking for for a similarly strong experience over and over again um yeah. and so in a way you know when we live in a time now not only in north america where it, arts education is not really st strong in the public school system anywhere anymore no. um, if we can find tools and, and the great thing about social media is you have a direct connection with your audience. That's true for you, and it's true for, yes. for the companies. And yeah. you, can, you can tell your story the way you want to tell it. Um, yeah, we're in control I, of our own content, you're right. Yeah, and, and I think there's a real opportunity there for people to, to allow them, new people, new audiences, to allow them to discover the art, art form a bit more on their own terms. Okay. Not, and I'm very, I'm very interested in that, and I think you're, you're you performers, you're always going to be the best ambassadors for this art form. Um, we, we love living in Nashville and love our, uh, which was a huge surprise to us, but we love it here and love our condo. But my husband came out the other day and said, you know, I think we could use one more room. And I said, I think you're right. <laughs> Do you, you find that you have enough room in your own place with, you know, being confined for, what did you say, four weeks you've been in there together, all of you? Yeah, see, I mean, my, my challenge kind of in the past was the opposite. I felt I was never quite home enough. Okay. Um, so I'm not complaining quite yet about being home. Okay. Um, Me too. Especially about with a little family and, yeah. um, and, you know, with, with kind of having a schedule and getting a, having a routine for for work and, and yeah. not work um we actually got a couple of things done in the house which is also nice awesome i love that i know that but as i said to you i feel like i am carrie already went through the big purge the cleaning purge before she went away to washington to sing but you know we've lived in this house now 10 years and there have been things for 10 years that i wanted to get done so we're finally getting it done but i feel like i'm working more now 
here at home and with this this podcast and interviews, you know, and all these things than when I'm actually on the road. So Yeah, I believe you. I I finally did the leaves in the garden that had been there since the fall yesterday. <laughs> you did that Sunday. I, I let well, the, it's good to I, do it now before the snow yeah, comes back next yeah. week. Yeah, I let the I let the dog out and he was running around and I thought all these leaves I have to do it. Um, so I, I haven't backed them quite yet, but there's two big leaf piles now in the garden, so it's it's progress. Uh-oh. Don't let Marnie out. Don't let Marnie out because she's going to jump in. (laughs) She's too old for that. Thank God. (laughs) Um, I don't know if you want to talk about this. I was kind of curious because I know that you co-parent with Marnie and how is that working in quarantine? Is is she, are you able to do that or was it just decided that it was you? Well, she, we've just extended the periods. We usually do do like one week on and off. Mm. So we've, we've made it two weeks a time. Okay. That's nice for now so you know less risk for everybody involved and sure. yeah 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 i guess that makes sense so it's a two-week she's almost like on a two-week quarantine every time she goes back and forth and yeah that's yeah. true yeah and since she's homeschooling anyway um we're just staying in one place yeah for those two weeks that's a great so idea. carrie and i have a question that we've always wanted to ask you and now we can ask you go for it what made you oh yeah do do what you do was there an event? Was there a, an opera that you saw and you said, yes, I want to be an opera general manager? Well, see, the funny thing is I've loved opera from when I was very little and I just picked it up from the radio, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, In your country, it, which is? Uh, Germany. Um, and I just loved it for the longest time and it never crossed my mind also for the longest time that there was actually a job opportunity. I just loved going to the opera and, you know, then I went to university and tried to become a school teacher. Um, really? And, yeah. Latin and history. Imagine. I can't imagine that, actually. I think you'd be great. Yeah. I um, guess so. Uh, I, yeah. I thought, I thought so, too. And then, but, you know, as, as, as it came out, literally most of my friends were musicologists and musicians. Um, and we went to the opera a lot and to concerts a lot. And um, towards the end of my studies, I met through a couple of fellow students. I met um, Gerard Mortier. Right. Yeah. And that was um, your first job? Well, that was, that before it was the first job, I just, I met him as part of an academy project where he did a talk. Um, and actually, I think four or five people of that group ended up working for him. And cool. so I first did an internship in Salzburg, which was my, that's 20 years ago. Wow. Actually, okay, this wait. May. You didn't start in Dresden Opera, you know, you didn't start it. You started in Salzburg and then you went to the Paris National Opera. <laughs> well, I was, I was very, I was very lucky in, in many ways. I mean, I actually, when I, when I, after I, after I met Mottier, it was just a year before I started doing my teacher's exams. And so before and going into that, I thought, maybe before I go down that road, I should apply for a couple of internships. And I sat down between Christmas and New Year, which was Christmas in the year 99. Um, I sat down and I wrote about, I think, 40 applications to wow. everything I was interested in remotely. Like the, it was music festivals, it was um, opera companies, it was orchestras, it was also publishing houses. And um, out came two internships. Um, one at the publishers in Frankfurt, um, literature, and the other one at the Salzburg Festival. And the funny thing is that Mottier had nothing to do with that. 
Really? Um, I just send it. I just send it into the artistic administration, and um, the Sylvia, go. Sylvia, who works there, who still works there, she picked <laughs> it off the pile and she took it to Eva Maria Wieser's office and said, "This wow. guy looks interesting. Should we maybe have him?" And the the way they did it in Salzburg, they brought you in before the season to yeah. figure out if you were actually functioning and then if you worked out <laughs> they would invite you back they would invite you back for the season for for a real job so that first internship was unpaid wow and but it, it unraveled from there and then while i was there there was a problem in Mottier's office his assistant was away for a couple of weeks and they said you need just to help out there you'll do your internship later help out in that office <laughs> wow and, um and as a thank you, Moti invited me back in the summer to come see rehearsals and stuff. And I was sitting in the stage and orchestra rehearsal of the Trojans, summer 2000. Wow. And Eva Maria Wieser comes by and says, what are you doing here? Um, are you, you know, free for the rest of the summer? Just like and that. And they needed, a, they needed a rehearsal translator for Peter Sellers, who was staging the world premiere of Kaya Saria, who's Love from Afar in that summer. That's amazing. And so my first paid job in opera was rehearsal translating for Peter Sellers. Wow. Wow. And now you're going back there. And then wow. I went back the next summer, the summer after, and then Moti offered me a job at the festival that he had just started in Germany, and then came Paris, and then came Toronto, and... Now Paris again. And now Paris, yeah. Was the goal, did you, um, did you have a goal of going back to Paris or did you have a goal of running one of the big companies of the world? Was that always kind of like on a dream board or did it just, was it something that just happened and you said yes? Well, I think, you see, I never applied, apart from that very first internship, mm -hmm. I never applied for anything. And, and I think that's- That's amazing. I think that's the way it should be. Like I told, yeah. I, told, I, I told my board here for um, my succession at the CUC, don't hire anybody who applies. Wow, that's interesting. That's find, find the right person, right? That's it's a bit harder. That's like, yeah. Yeah, no, but it's, it's true. You know, the position will find the person, you know? Yeah. Because it's a two-way street, right? It's, it's not about you only it's about how you relate to that company and it's it's when the coc came to me you know 12 years ago almost 13 no 12 12 years ago um i didn't necessarily plan on running an opera company ever i was doing casting in paris it was a pretty nice job um i was rather happy there um and i didn't really think about running anything and um there was a process of several months and we talked to each other and um, they finally had me over for an interview. I saw the theater in Toronto. Um, and after those couple of days in Toronto, I thought, well, with those people, um, maybe I can do this. And, and do it well. And, and, we'll and thank you. And it's kind of the same thing that then happened in Santa Fe. I was not aspiring to become the artistic director there. It came out of a conversation they had, they started and then we felt it was the right thing to do. And then when Paris came up, it's the same thing. What, what did interest me about Paris when they came to me was that I felt it's not going to a new place. It's kind of going back to a place where I'd already been. And I probably wouldn't have considered it if I didn't have the feeling that I know some of the people there and that I know something about the place I'm, I'm going to. Okay. 
That makes oh, sense. Boy. We have some rapid fire questions for you. Okay. Are you game for this? Sure. Okay. Like Carrie? Me. I gotta go by. Okay, go. <laughs> your, your question is the first one. That's your question. Mine is, mm -hmm. uh, who is your favorite opera singer, li living or dead, and not us? Um, I'm, I'm really in love with Rosa Poncel. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Carrie? I don't know. That makes me love you even more that that's what your answer was. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. I don't know if you want to answer this. Favorite cuss or curse word in a different language? Oh. Oh, oh. Mm. <laughs> we got him, Gary. We stopped. Ah. I mean, I kind of like merde. Yeah. Because it also because it means something nice, too. That's good. That's a good. Yeah. Peachy yeah. rated. Peachy. That was a peachy version. Yeah. Yeah. One of these days, we'll get the un-peachy. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not much of a cursor. No, no. you aren't. You know, you know where that comes from? It comes, probably comes from me living in languages now that are not my mother tongue okay that's true so you don't kind of learn that stuff in school right right that's true okay <laughs> favorite clothing designer because you always look so well put together um that's a good question i don't have nearly as much time for shopping as i would like to yeah well um but it would be it would be italian it would be some italian suit maker Yes. Okay. Okay. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll go with that. Yeah. I've really loved your music selections that you're putting on social media. I think that's really cool. Is that, I don't know, I guess, is that you doing that? Is that you or somebody else? Yeah, I do, I do all my own stuff. Okay. Um, so do I. So does Carrie. Yay. Yeah. Um, I really have enjoyed watching those and listening to some of them. I haven't listened to all of them, but um, I was kind of curious when you're not listening to classical music, what are you listening to, if any? I'm a, a great lover of jazz. Okay. I mean, to be, to be completely honest, I don't really like to listen to opera specifically at home because I like me it so much. I like it so much better live. Yeah, me too. Right? Even, even some, some of the people that, you know, we can't hear live anymore. I mean, that does an attraction to that. But I would always choose a live performance over a recording in opera. Um, I think there's other things like chamber music, you know, solo piano right. um, or jazz that I really enjoy, which is more intimate. Yes. Right, which what was I really enjoy. Oh, which I really enjoy listening to at home. What was the last live performance you heard? Um, that is a good question. Um, well, it would have been at some point in February. Mm -hmm. It was actually it was the opening night of Salome with Amber in Frankfurt. Oh, really? That was the last. <laughs> yeah. Those videos looked amazing of her doing that. Too. Yeah. It was an amazing. It was an amazing show. Oh, I wanted to see that so bad. There were pl big plans to go in April. Oh, yes. but so. you see, it's amazing. That was over a month ago. I don't right. really remember that it has ever happened to me that I haven't seen a live performance of I know. anything in over a month. Oh, uh, okay. How much TV do you watch and what are you watching? You know what? I haven't had a TV in more than 25 years. I knew it. <laughs> we went um, back and forth about this. Um, I said and I mean, actually, with, with Netflix coming into my life, um, yes. I'm watching some things sometimes, but it's really very rare. Okay. It's more like I actually got an iPad and um, Netflix when Marnie was little okay. for her entertainment oh, okay. because I thought 
and I couldn't quarantine her from watching anything the way I but I would always uh -huh. if I have the choice if I have the choice between listening to some music and reading a book and um, Netflix it will always be the book or listening to music so are those are the thing are those the two things that you really are your go-to's when you need to just de-stress from what we're all living through right now is books and music actually the books even more than the music because the music does always a little bit of a professional component mm -hmm. to that um but with a with a good book that's it's but the best way for me to get away from everything which is right now what book? well right now i'm um I went back to someone who I had discovered not so long ago, actually only when I um, came to Canada, it's Joan Didion. Oh, yeah. oh really? Yeah. And um, so there's, there's this um, non-for-profit publisher in the US, it's called um, Library of America, I think. Um, and they bring out these collected works of all the great American writers. And they just brought out the first volume of her complete works. So I'm not quite halfway through. Okay. But, oh, that's um, great. And I'm I'm more of a fiction than a nonfiction guy. Okay. Any biographies? Do you ever read those? Um, I I like letters. Okay. Um, um, like if you if you've never read the correspondence between Verdi and um, Boito, no, um, have it. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. In English, in German, in French, mixture. In English. Okay, but but everything you read is normally in English. Well, I, I try to alternate my free languages between English, French, and German. Mm -hmm. It's not always okay. equal, but... I gotcha. Okay, Carrie? Uh, if you weren't a general manager of the opera houses that you are, uh, what would you be? What would you be? I, I mean, you talked about that earlier. Do you think you would still be a teacher? I might be a teacher now. Okay. Really? I'm, I'm also, I said to my wife the other day, I'm also really, I, I always are in my own shirts. So I'm really good at that. I, could be, a house, I could be a housekeeper. But, so what's your biggest pet peeve? Wait, sorry. Wait, hold on a second. Oh, sorry. I mean, right now we're, we're, we're in here and we can't have people coming in. And right no. now we're having a discussion of who is going to clean the bathroom. And it's what can I give you for you to do it instead of me? <laughs> Bartering. I would with a little baby in the house, it's more like whatever needs to get done needs to get done and okay. who yeah. has the arms free to do it okay. will do it. That's true. That's true. Oh, okay. So biggest pet peeve. I don't know. I, I think I'm I'm obsessed with um, organization, sometimes a bit to a fault. Okay. It's a German it's a German thing. Well like being on time is is a terrible like and, and being on time for German means be a little bit early. Um, I, gotcha. I, get, I get unusually freaked out about not being on time, even though it's not, sometimes not my fault. Carrie, your turn. Anything else? When someone says... Opera? When someone says opera, you say... Loud. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. no, I, I would say for, for me, the biggest fascination about opera has always been what the voice can do in a space unamplified. And how you support that, that. how you support that, you know, with great orchestra playing a great show. Um, but really, the way a voice can hit you, there's nothing like it. No, you're right. That's, yeah. That's, that's an amazing answer. Yeah. I like that a lot. I love to go. I think I'm one of the weird singers that loves to go to the opera and hear singers. It just makes me happy. 
So. Yeah. Well, thank you for doing this. Thank you so much. It's thank really you for lovely having me on you. the show. <laughs> yeah, well, you are, you are a guinea pig. Yeah, we have and no idea you. what we're doing. <laughs> uh, you know, we're just trying to, you know, keep opera out there and, and keep people in touch with each other. Yeah, and talk about well, what we're going through right now. I mean, we've never lived through anything. At least my generation hasn't lived through anything like this. No. And, and, you know, at three in the morning when I can't sleep and I'm flying through social media after I've read the news that I wish I had read. Um, I'm looking for something that's a little light, a little informative and has some humor in it. And, um, and also, so many people have seen both of us sing, especially Sandra, that I thought, why not have something that shows uh, like what you said for social media, um, a different side. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. thank you for doing it. Yeah. Well, thank, thank you. you. And we send and our so love to everybody. And Say so hi good to, to see you. So, so good, good to see you both. And hopefully we see you yeah. in person very soon. I know. I hope the same. All the love to your yeah. family and that new that new addition. And please give our love to Marnie for up from yeah. well, much love to you. Bye okay. bye. Ciao. Yeah. Ciao. Bye. Gary's like, huh? Okay, fish face. Right. I got my fish shirt on. Here, whatever you want. I like that shirt a lot. I want to steal it out of your closet. I know you do, but you know what? I thought today we needed to have some fun. Some bling a bling bling. Um, no. Right? Well, I mean, so, well, look what we do. We spit. We're singers. We spit all over each other, you know? And it. Yeah. <laughs> Which I yeah. know well because you have spit on me before. Thank you very much. Yeah. I have not. <laughs> yeah. One of my one of my one of my earliest um, memories of opera is a performance of Rigoletto in um, my home country, where in the second act scene, when Rigoletto comes in and he finds Gilda in the Duke's bedchamber, that that whole duet was staged as them kind of facing each other and he's singing directly to her. I know in that you're going. that 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 whole duet. And she just stands there very still, and he sings at her. Oh. And I, I don't have to tell you what happened. And it was. <laughs> you need a windshield wiper, right? It was really terrible, really oh. terrible. Oh, I can, oh, no. I can actually not. I can never unremember this when I see Ricoletto now. <laughs> that particular scene. Carrie, I did not spit on you, by the way. I just, I, I, it was percussive. So, so anyway, sorry, we get, we get, we get diverted, but yeah. Chicken with her head, you know, with the chicken with its head cut off. I ask my husband, I am so bad at those. You know, I just sing. I just like to sing. I just sing. I just sing. <laughs>